Sorry, Grandma. Goldman needs a good Q2. What a week. Welcome to What a Week, where we break down the week's top news stories. My name is Matt Sinovic. I'm the executive director of Progress Iowa. And my name is Lauren McMillan. I'm the digital director for Progress Iowa. Lauren, I'm sure it's not a surprise to you or to anyone who's listening, but the stories of the week this week are the same as they've been the last few weeks. Um, we have a global pandemic. With some fun new twists, I mean. <laughs> some some new twists. You can call them fun if you want, but yes. Uh, well, if you don't uh, call them fun, fun, you just cry. <laughs> right. Um, so I think, I mean, do you want to take this first one that, that I mean, this is probably just a, a statement that we didn't need, we need, think we ever needed to say, but go ahead. I mean, we here at Progress Iowa are pretty big fans of uh, thinking that people are worth saving and that people's lives should count more than a stock market exchange or some arbitrary deadline. But here we are, we have to say it now because apparently that's called into question a lot more recently because Trump wants everyone at work by mid-April. He keeps using Easter as like a a marker for it. I'm like, just call it mid-April. <laughs> we here at Progress Iowa would like to say uh, unequivocally that uh, people's lives are more important than the stock market or, mm-hmm. or than profits or things like that. Um, and it feels very silly to say because that should be everyone's thought on this, but apparently not. <laughs> Yeah, and you see people like Glenn Beck or others out there saying that, and I think Britt Hume, the former or current Fox News analyst, uh, uh, talking about how older people would gladly die in order to save the stock market or the economy. Oh, yeah. Dan, Dan um, Patrick I haven't, I haven't met anybody from, like that. Dan Patrick from Texas, I think, talked about how he would— Lieutenant governor, right? Lieutenant governor? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't I know all my Texas politicians other than Ted Cruz. Um, but he, yeah, he said something to that effect of like he would do what he needed to do now to save the economy so that his grandkids could have it. I'm like, you are in the main demographic for this. Yep. The most selfish thing to do right now is to stay home and not infect people. I, I don't know that we how deep we want to go down this rabbit hole, but um, but these are the same people that... Um, over the last several years have reminded us time and time again that all lives matter. So. Oh, yes, and that abortion is murder. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But so. a- apparently when it comes to elderly folks, people who don't have health care access or anything, it's fair game. Uh, um, unfortunately, yeah. So There's a great Liz like, Lenz tweet that, that made... That, that's where I picked up oh, okay, that okay. from. <laughs> Well, I was just going to give you credit, so you should just should no, just taken that. No, yeah. I will not take credit from Liz Lund. She's <laughs> a national treasure. <laughs> um, agreed. Um, well, it's uh, uh, another uh, national treasure. I think is is Anat um, Shankar Osorio. And, we love Anat so much mm-hmm. here, <laughs> and we will put. The link to this in the show notes or the the, the website, um, but there's a great tweet about how this should not 
be about the economy and it's not all about the economy. Um, and that every time that we, and we meaning the left, have argued that a program would grow the economy or that doing so- anything would help the grow the economy, we have really just solidified our the opposition's position that that is the be- that is the biggest goal and really it's like a chicken and egg thing where a situation where the economy we don't exist to help the economy the economy exists to help us and also the economy pe- is ones and zeros on wall street right. it's ones and zeros in ledgers and a friend of mine Josh Hughes mentioned that uh on twitter that um, Republicans are literally choosing between ledgers and lives right now, which is, I mean, that's, just kind of the best way to say it right now. It's really spot on, and it's something that that we need to be better about with just with the two of us and and the work that we do. But I think everyone needs to be better about that and and make sure that we remember that when people's health and people's lives are really at stake, that that's the most important thing. And if we're, you know. We could go back to work in mid-April or by Easter, as the president said, and all just go about our lives as normal and and then see, you know, millions and millions and millions of cases and the deaths that would result from that. And then what would happen? I mean, if our if our if, if the people if people aren't healthy, if people aren't um, um, able to go and do things, enjoy things and and yes, work, then then there won't be an economy to speak of. So it's us that drives the economy. And so we need to put um, the benefit and the well-being of, of all of us, of, our, of like making our lives richer, making our lives healthier first. And, and we always need to do that. And we need our policymaking and our messaging to reflect that too. I think that also, I mean, like this pandemic is horrible and it's exposing a lot of fault lines with inequality and a lot of, especially wealth inequality and people who don't have access to, like celebrities are getting are getting COVID-19 tests left and right. Like the entire NBA has been tested, but people like Joe Schmo down the block aren't going to be able to get tested because they don't have the notoriety, the money or anything. And it are our system is very much predicated on picking winners and losers and the economy is literally a made up thing, uh, which means also that we can change it so that it's more suited to working families and not just the wealthy corporations, the NBA. Um, I don't know anything about basketball. I don't bear any ill will to the NBA. They just all got tests before like, common right. people did <laughs> yeah and i mean there's nothing in like no there's but everyone should be able to have a test that's the whole point like or a test or be able to see a doctor or you know or take paid sick to, leave right um and so it's it's it is it's it's you put it perfectly i think it is just exposing all of these awful inequalities that already exist and and is and the people who are going to need the help the most are not going to get it. They're certainly not going to get it from the, uh, or they're, they're going to barely, barely get it from the, the legislation that was passed late last night. Um, and I know we're going to talk about that next, but it is just, it's infuriating to see that happening right now. Um, 
I do think that yeah. very, very, I, I don't want to like get ahead of like where we are in this crisis, but I do hope that this does allow people to maybe take stock about what is and is not working with our government and also the role that government plays. A lot of these people that are like, government should, should be so small that I can I don't know the Grover Norquist line because I don't mm-hmm. care about Grover Norquist, but like he has a line about <laughs> it being so small. And the government is really one of the best suited for a kind of crisis like this because they can dole out cash, uh, one-off checks, multiple, multiple Mm -hmm. cash payments. They can offer unemployment assistance and, uh, give money to hospitals and give money to a lot of things, um, without having to rely so much on the private sector and this kind of patchwork of charities. And like, not that it's not good to give to charity or whatever, but also just like corporations should pay their taxes and then they can still give to charity, but like feel better that they're Taxes are going toward better things. No, or like, or just to get people organized. I mean, like, and provide a backbone, like a, uh, of infrastructure. Um, I don't mean a backbone, like having guts, but I just mean like literally like. Would help uh, to also uh, have a logistical. Yeah, that's true. Progress, that's true. But yes. Um, but like just literally like a logistical infrastructure, like it, it does not appear that they're doing this because you see reports of, of states trying to buy, um, uh, 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 ventilators, masks or ventilators, oh, yeah. and then getting outbid by the federal government. But the federal government should be on the phone. Like there should be coordination between every level of, of government right now and finding out where hotspots are and saying, okay, well in Iowa or Nebraska, you have these extra masks. Let's get them to New York right now. And then we can re and them and let's amp up production so that when, 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 and if it hits in, in a, in a much more critical way in Iowa or, or, at, or wherever, then we can have more shipped there. Like there, there could be that kind of like planning going on, but it does it, everything that we're seeing from the outside looking in does not appear that, that it is. So, so, so in there's funding, there's, there's planning resources, there's just the ability to pull people together. That is just, and we have failed in, in just about every single way on this. Um, and, and I think this is a good time to transition into the legislation that passed. But um, but even the bill that passed, while it did, I guess, something, um, was not nearly enough. So, uh, Lauren, what did you think of the of the stimulus, the, the most recent bill that passed late last night? We're recording on Thursday, by the way. I mean, I wrote in the outline, uh, the title for this segment is called, Apparently We Did Have Money Available. Um, mm-hmm. But it... And I'm, I'm glad that they are pulling out kind of half the stops for this. Right. Um, but like Republicans won't let us have the money to do universal health care, which would help a ton with like how much they're not going to get. Uh, Medicaid is probably not going to get reimbursed for like the uninsured health care um, or is going to get reimbursed at a later date or there's just, it's just going to get tied up in things. And so if we just had a universal health care system, whether or not that's Medicare for all, whether or not that's some sort of other thing. Um, mm-hmm. Republicans won't let us have that, even though it would help everything. But the second that their big industry buddies need a few bucks because they're not good at budgeting, it's suddenly all hands on deck. Like, we have to get the airlines a ton of money, which, like, I've seen multiple variations of this, but, like, they... 
financial analysts and stuff tell normal people to like, you should have three months pay in your bank account for emergencies. You should have an extra $400 for like, if your car uh, breaks down or something. Right. And yet the airlines can just run through whatever they want and they know that the government's going to bail them out. That's insane. That's exactly, exactly right. And and it gets back to the point that that we were just make that we were making earlier, and that Anat was making, that like, if all of this money, if none of it went to an airline or a hotel or a you know a major corporation, and it all went to people, um, and just was infused directly into their pockets, then what we would see is over time, like once people were were able to one, they'd be able to pay their rent, pay their bills um, live life, um, and like buy groceries, um, uh, throughout this crisis. But then once that continued and, and things were back open for business, then people would drive that back into the economy because people would spend it on airline tickets. Again, people would spend it at restaurants. People would spend it at all these different places. And so, if you just bail out these businesses and they hang on to their cash, pay out bonuses, do stock buybacks, which is what they did with the with the tax break that they passed a few years ago, and what we fear will happen with this, none of that will be long-lasting. It'll be a temporary high for the stock market, and then it's all going to come crashing back down again when there's no demand for their, for their businesses. And so you have to feed this at the grassroots level because people are what make up the economy. And so it's just the wrong, it's just the, it, they're doing some of that. And we should talk about that a little bit, but like, um, what they're actually giving to people. Um, but it's not, it's not nearly enough. Um, so Lauren, do you want to kind of quickly run through the bullets of this? So as far as like industry money, industries that are getting money, there are $25 billion in strings attached grants and $25 billion in loans going to passenger airlines, um, and then $3 billion to airline contractors such as um, like caterers on, on ground staff, uh, $4 billion in grants for cargo haulers. Um, I imagine that's because we're facing quite a lot of uh, deliveries because we're all ordering things now. Um, and then five hundred, about five hundred billion, can be used to back loans and assistance to companies, as well as state and local governments. So that's kind of like a big. I think the word that's been used has been slush fund, but I don't know mm-hmm. if that's exactly the, what, like the terminology that that you're supposed to use for that. But basically, that's all that the industry is getting. And I did not do the math on how much that is, but it's a lot of money because it has billions in it. Um, so then the Senate also passed a bunch of short-term temporary measures like one-off cash checks, which are about $1,200 per adult and then $500 per child dependent. And then it gets phased out after you reach, I think, 75000 uh, adjusted gross income for single uh, filers. And then I think it's $150,000 for couples and families. That sounds um, right. And and you made this note in here, which is right. And I think you just said like, but this is just the Senate version. The House has to pass this too. And yes. then maybe they, I, I've 
we'll see if they make any changes or if they have to come together, but I would bet they'll move pretty quickly. But, yes, but anyway, this is, this is the Senate version. Um, so, so then they also yeah. expanded some unemployment benefits. They have bumped it up to $600 per week, which uh, several Republican senators thought that was too generous for a pandemic. <laughs> uh, I believe it was Tom still borderline Cotton and, poverty. and uh, Lindsey Graham uh, and <laughs> Andy Zeisler, who... Uh, who was the founder of Bitch Media, uh, posted a tweet that was like, Lindsay, just admit you hate poor people so we can move on. Mm-hmm. Chuck Schumer said that if they passed this in both chambers, the earliest that they could cut checks was April 6th, which Great. is almost two weeks from now, which is not ideal. Um, but well, Just in time for the economy to reopen. Like yes, President just Trump in time said. for Easter. We can all spend mm-hmm. it on chocolate sure. bunnies. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> but so one of the things that I thought of during this was that these can't have hard deadlines or just be one-offs. We need to, we don't know how long this is going to last. We don't know how long people are going to be out of work. So we need to continue the the expansion of unemployment benefits. We need to keep doing the cash checks to everybody especially like i also think that twelve hundred dollars is not enough considering that a lot of people are living in um circumstances where their rents are super high i did not i i was gonna look up how much uh the median rent for most states was but twelve hundred dollars is not enough to buy a is not enough to get a two hundred like a a two-bedroom apartment in most cities um, let alone a studio apartment in some, which is bananas. Uh, but again, so they need to be, I think Maxine Waters had a plan, um, that would up it to $2,000 per mm-hmm. everybody. Um, I don't even think it made any differentiations for adults versus children, which would be very helpful. Um, but I just so, did a yeah. quick search, and the average rent for an apartment in Des Moines is nine hundred and two dollars. Okay, so, so that's that's one estimate, and it's that's only in Iowa. Yeah, we have, would that be for a single low. apartment or a two bedroom or? I, it just says an apartment, oh, okay. so I, I think it's the very general uh, average. So okay. I would imagine it's more for a two bedroom. Yeah. So if you're, but uh, so that. That leaves you what, like three hundred bucks for literally everything else in your yeah. in your world for a month. So that's that's not, and that's only for a one time yeah. deal. So good luck if this lasts more than that. And it looks like you said it looks like it will. Yeah, and there's also um, this was a a quote I think from Vox that there is too little aid to uh, state and local governments to forestall budget cuts. And there's no mandate for postal voting in the 2020 election to be sure it's conducted safely if the country is still under quarantine at that time. I know that Secretary of State Paul Pate has taken some measures for vote by mail, but I imagine that uh, he can always be doing more because he's Paul Pate. (laughs) The Senate recessed, which like, yes, I'm glad that they got to go home, but also this is not this is not done. You don't pass you don't pass one of these and just leave. And I'm glad that they can all go home to their families. I did see a really awesome video from Connie Schultz, who is married to Senator Sherrod Brown from Ohio, um, where he got to go reunite with his dogs, which was great. But also I would kind of like it if um, they could all go back and like make sure that we get through this. Yeah, no kidding. 
I'm uh, I'm not mad at Sharon Brown. I'm more mad at Mitch McConnell than Sharon Brown. Yeah, for letting him go. Yeah. Well, hopefully they get back to work soon. Yes. I know that they have to give 24-hour notice before they send everyone back. Maybe they'll just get on a Zoom conference. Maybe. So, Representative Karen Derry announced this week that she was diagnosed with breast cancer and that her prognosis is very good. Um, For all of us at Progress Iowa, our hearts go out to you and your family during this, what I am sure is a very confusing and trying time. And finally, a big, huge thank you to all of the healthcare workers that are doing the absolute most out there. You are on the front lines and doing everything that we can't. And so if you are a healthcare worker, we really appreciate everything that you're doing and... We hope that you get more supplies soon so that we can you can keep going. What a Week is produced by Progress Iowa as part of the Potluck Media Network and would not be possible without grassroots supporters like you. We are recorded, mixed, and edited by Greg Hallenstein. For more information, visit potluck.fm or find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to leave us a five-star review and subscribe. See you next week on What a Week. Thank you.